This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. There are things in this world that science cannot explain. My name is Dr. Delbert East, and there are a few people on this planet who could tell you more about just how accurate that statement is. Until recently, I was the acting caretaker of a secret repository of items both astonishingly supernatural and exceedingly dangerous. Following a betrayal by someone I trusted and an incursion by a dangerous cult, the repository has been sealed until further notice. In the meantime, I have been tasked by the head of the Lazarus Foundation to travel across the country in search of the answer to a decades-old question. While the road ahead of me is long and unknown, somehow I know that one day it will lead me back to where the story all began. Back to the Scarab Archives. The Scarab Archives is brought to you by Lazarus Creative Company. The show is written by Thomas Crane and assembled by Megan Camp. Today's episode features the voice talents of V. Vargas, James Wilcox, Nick Smith, and Tippy Polo. If you're enjoying our show, visit us on Patreon for a peek behind the curtain. You can find us at patreon.com slash Co. We'd also like to give a special thanks to Monique Donahue for becoming our very first patron. Your support means so much to us here at Lazarus Creative Company and the Scarab Archives. So thank you so, so much for helping us produce this show and do other cool things. We really appreciate you. And now, on to Season 3, Episode 2, The Fishers of Men, Part 1. No, I'm telling you, it's fine to park there. The absence of a no-parking sign does not necessarily indicate that it is alright to park on the side of the road. It'll be fine. It will not be fine if we lose our one mode of transportation, especially given our current situation. If you're going to complain the whole time, I'll just put you back in the car. And have me towed away as well? No, thank you. I would rather not give an unwitting person a heart attack by asking them not to disconnect me. Then count your lucky stars that I was able to transfer you to this handheld recorder. Can you describe the surroundings? Because... If you keep reminding me that you don't have eyes, I will absolutely start muting you. And then who will you talk to? Okay, fine. It's a beautiful sunny day. The street is lined with palm trees that are swaying softly in the wind. I can see the beach across the way and what I'm guessing is the Gulf of Mexico just beyond that. The city looks designed, almost like a theme park. It can't be too old. Most buildings have that faux turn-of-the-century design. There are people passing by, mostly on the other side of the street. Are they giving you strange looks? No. Why would they? You are talking to yourself. Ah, but there's the genius of this whole situation. It looks to them like I'm just talking to someone on speakerphone. I see. So you just look inconsiderate instead of insane. Nobody's perfect, Gilbert. Now, let's review the facts. Good idea. Some 
the thing has transported us nearly a thousand miles. Now, was this a random event, do you think? A distinct possibility. There are a number of incidents in history of people passing through brief tears in reality and ending up in wholly different places or time periods. Of course, these events are rarely substantiated. We are still in our original time period, aren't we? Signs point to yes. Nothing indicates any chronological distortion. Good. Even given what we've been through this past year, time travel would be just a step too far for me. So a random event is possible, but given the nature and purpose of our trip, unlikely. You suspect the involvement of the Endless. I always suspect the involvement of the Endless. If we are considering the intervention of extra-dimensional entities, you have had a close encounter with beings on the opposite side of the spectrum. Oh, so now you want to believe me about my little Christmas episode. The trinket around your neck lends credence to the idea that there are other powers at work in this conflict besides us and the evils. We must also consider that they have brought us here. But why, though? Whether it was the Endless or those rhyming things, why would they send us to a little town in Florida, for goodness sake? That, Dr. East, is what we need to find out. Well, unless you can access online records while in this thing? I cannot. Then our next choice is an old standby of mine. The local li- Ah! My goodness, uh, are you alright? I'm fine. I'm just, just tripped over my own feet. <laughs> I guess it serves me right for talking on my phone while I was walking, huh? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, here you go. I hope it didn't break. I am fine. Thank you. What? <laughs> uh, no, Mom, he wasn't talking to you. Uh, thanks for the assist, uh, stranger. No problem. May Dagon bless you. You too. Oh, wait. What did he say? She appears to have blessed you in the name of Dagon. Dagon? That sounds familiar. Okay, we're definitely heading to the library now. Uh, don't suppose you have GPS working either? You suppose correctly. Wonderful. Uh, sir? Sir? Yes? I just rolled into town and I have no idea where I'm going. It's incredibly embarrassing, but could you please direct me to the local library? Of course. Two streets down, take a left, you can't miss it. Thank you. May Dagon bless you. Gilbert! And you as well. Well, he was an interesting-looking fellow. How so? Kind of pale, and his eyes were all, I don't know, bulgy? And if his hairline receded any further, it'd be on his back. Gilbert, what possessed you to say that to him? Testing a hypothesis. Go on. The religious greeting is one that neither of us are familiar with, yet two unrelated strangers have now responded or given it. Oh, Christ. Not another cult. I believe that you are correct in your belief that the library will have the information we seek. Right. Let's get going. Fifty bucks says that it's coincidence and not another cult. I will take that bet. <laughs> With what money, Cyber Samurai? Right this way. As you can see... Our records moved to a fully digital model several years back. Convenient. I'm sorry, sir, but would you mind silencing your cell phone? The other patrons... 
I'm terribly sorry. Things got a mind of its own sometimes. Uh, thank you for your assistance. Of course, sir. If you need anything else, I'll be back at the desk. May Dagon bless you. Oh, um, you, uh, you too. That is three. How many persons does it take to comprise a cult again? More than three. Now shut up while I plug you in. Connection successful. Accessing Seaside's historical records now. Fantastic. And keep your voice down. You do have the volume control, you know. Less sassing, more reading. Interesting. What? Seaside was built between a period of 1978 to 1985, designed to be an old-fashioned coastal resort town. Explains the manufactured look. The city was officially designed by founder Robert Davis, his wife, and architects Andre Stwani and Elizabeth Plater Zeberg. What do you mean, officially? There are brief mentions of a fifth designer. Someone named Orion Marsh. Only brief? He must have done something to have his contributions to the design glossed over. Not glossed over. Completely erased. The only mentions of him in the record are in regards to an order of special bricks from New England and a permit request for a non-denominational house of worship. It is a cult. Hush. Sir. Ah! Oh, oh um, <clears throat> oh, the uh, volume. Right, sorry. Damn pop-ups. It won't happen again. Uh, pardon me, but that pin on your lapel. You'll see them all around town, I expect. More and more of us esoterics are taking our second vows. Now please, sir, I would hate to have to expel you. It won't happen again. Gilbert... See what you can find out on... The esoterics. Way ahead of you. On several things. Lord it over me later, Digimon. Now what did you find? The esoterics began growing in Seaside late last year. The pandemic hit them harder than other towns due to their isolated nature, and the esoteric church preached a return to prosperity. Here is the newspaper discussing the opening of their new house of worship. Which, let me guess, was located in an older building. One made of special imported bricks. The city had been using it as a warehouse. There's that pen again. That design... It looks familiar. And come to think of it, the word esoteric is also ringing a bell. Wait. This is oddly violating. You could have just asked. There. Of course. Innsmouth. A small seaside town in Massachusetts. Long since abandoned and reclaimed by the nearby swampland. What about it? In 1927, a young man named Robert Olmsted made an official report about untoward goings-on in the town of Innsmouth. Historically, the area's main industry was fishing, but they were having a lengthy dry spell. Uh, pops a new religion. The Esoteric Order of Dagon. Dagon was a Mesopotamian god of prosperity. It looks like this new church. Just say cult. You will feel better. This new church offered people a chance to get their lives back. Olmsted made a number of other outlandish claims, but none of them ever substantiated. The government investigated Innsmouth and ended up arresting nearly the entire population. On charges of bootlegging? Really? Prohibition was no joke back then. Here's a photo of one of their priests. See that tiara on his head? The exact same shape as the pin the librarian was wearing. 
what was the name of that fifth founder? The one who was cut out? Orion Marsh. The name of the founder of the Esoteric Order of Dagon? Obed Marsh. And the bricks were ordered from New England. This is starting to look a little bit... fishy. Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> a little. Uh, but this still doesn't explain why we were brought here of all places. What have we stumbled onto here, Gilbert? Keep digging, stranger, and you'll find only more questions. Huh. Please. We wouldn't want to cause a scene. There really needs to be a door or something over here. I see you have questions about the esoterics. I might have the answers you seek. And you are? My name is Eugenia. Eugenia Marsh. The current head of the esoterics. Your little voice box there is quite intuitive. He doesn't know when to shut up. That's his problem. What brings you to our little town, my friend? And compels you to study our history? If I knew, believe me, I'd tell you. So mysterious. <laughs> well, as I've said, I could certainly provide the answers you seek. That would be very helpful. Thank you. Mm, but not here. Too many who haven't taken their oaths yet. Of course. That makes sense, I guess. Is this wise, Dr. East? You don't have the best track records with cult. I'm sorry? What was that? With leaders of non-denominational religions. You've got to trust me sometimes. Are you coming? Or would you rather stay here and chat with your digital assistant? Uh, sorry, let me just unplug him. Him? It's a long story. So many secrets. Dr. East, was it? This way. Uh, but isn't the entrance back? Back door. Remember, ears everywhere. Of course. All right. Where to? Right here's fine. What? <clears throat> Hello, Obadiah. Good timing. For once. I hope I didn't hit him too hard. He's breathing. Just grab him and let's get him to the temple. Can't we just do it here? This ain't too far from where we took that college kid who's asking questions. We are not killing him, you dolt. There's something about him. I'd like to talk to him a little more. Him and his little friend here. Dr. East, I do not know if you can hear me, but I think one thing is clear at this point. You owe me fifty dollars. <laughs>